From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at TNTradio.live. In a secret lab somewhere in the Western Hemisphere, the perfect human specimen has been born. He has the strength of 10 men and the wisdom of 20. Rick Munn. Now you listen here. He's a very naughty boy. TNT Radio. Now go away. <laughs> yes, this is Locked and Loaded. This is TNT Radio. I am Rick Munn. And uh, after another 56 minutes left to squeeze as much content as I possibly can into the remainder of this hour, I'm going to be talking to Darren again. I'm going to be talking to Karen Hunt. I've got a little incy-bincy news editorial here that I want to bring to you. Just some uh, developing stories. Uh, UK national debt is ballooning. Okay, well, we knew that, but let's get some idea of the rate at which it's increasing. In 2010, the UK's national debt was 0.9 trillion pounds in 2010. By 2023, it had reached 2.4 billion pounds. The fake Conservatives have added more to the national debt in their 13 years of misrule than the entire previous 1,600 years previous. Think about that just for a split second. In the last 13 years, they've added more to the national debt than the previous 1,600 years combined. If they keep going on this trajectory, if they keep going at this velocity, I shudder to think where we may be in the not-too-distant future. Uh, Other tales of financial woe are making the headlines. Wholesale gas prices have fallen to their lowest uh, since 2021, but yet Europe begins to cut their prices, and the British government uh, are about to facilitate a 40%, 40% increase in our bills. So the energy prices are set to soar again as Jeremy Hunt rejects pleas to halt the rise. I can just see that psychopath grinning his little killer grin from ear to ear as the public are crying for mercy as the pleas for clemency are moving their way up the number 11 Downing Street and Hunt sits there with a big grin on his face going, you want mercy? You want clemency? Huh? How about an extra 40% slapped onto your bill come April time? You know what? He made no bones about it. When he came into power, he said, forget about the two-year freeze. We're going to give it to you until March. And then come April, the gloves are back off again for the UK consumer. So tales of woe and financial misery there. I'm going to continue talking about woe and financial misery with Darren in a split second as we discuss Brexit being now fingered as the blame for all of this shenanigans and skullduggery. Don't go away. We're going right back here on TNT Radio. Calling out the big wigs. The government works for us, not the other way around. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Bank of England, Darren, blames Brexit for excess, not success, or maybe it is a success, excess inflation. The country's withdrawal from the EU free trade area has fueled the surge in prices, says the Bank of England's Catherine Mann. I'm surprised they haven't blamed it on eggs or they haven't blamed it on climate change. It's everybody's fault now. It's Brexit. Is it Brexit's fault? Have they got this right now? It's a bit like the vac- it's like a bit like the vaccine story in excess deaths. Everything is blamed apart from the actual cause, which is government mismanagement and the policies they enacted over the COVID era. 
uh, Britain's departure from the EU and the subsequent trade barriers have contributed to the inflation crisis in the country, Bank of England policymaker Catherine Mann has claimed, uh, according to Mann, uh, as cited, and this is where it all goes, ah, that makes sense, as cited by Bloomberg, uh, there were signs that the cost of living crunch was beginning to abate in the US and the EU, but not yet in the UK. All three had faced shocks of demand and supply driven by the COVID and lockdown-induced global demand rotation and subsequent supply bottlenecks and the energy shock caused by Ukraine-related sanctions on Russia. Man reportedly said on Monday at the Lamfalusi Lectures Conference in Budapest. However, the UK has been affected by a third type of shock, which makes it unique. No other country has chose to unilaterally impose trade barriers on its closest trading partners. Uh, Man's comments come as inflation in the UK, which hit a four-decade high of 11.1% in October, has slightly cooled down to 10.5%, staying well above the BOE's 2% target. Meanwhile, in the Eurozone, inflation has fallen back to 8.5%, while the US it has declined to 6.5%. So uh, what they're saying is the UK have self-inflicted this harm and compounded stuff uh, and compounded the issues caused by uh, COVID uh, and the lockdowns. But actually, we haven't inflicted any trade barriers as such. We're still quite happy to deal and and uh, operate and work with uh, uh, countries in the European Union. It is them who have put the restrictions in place mm-hmm. and the barriers in place. Uh, and again, this article uh, 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 has been cited from Bloomberg. Uh, and the problem with Bloomberg is that it's an establishment mouthpiece who was very, very anti-Brexit because they are a globalist, uh, a globalist publication. So um, I think everything that we're suffering from right now is a direct result of lockdowns. And there are no other real contributory causes. I don't understand how Brexit has impacted uh, on inflation, for example, or the fuel and energy crisis, which you were just discussing. They're going to put bills up 40%. That's got nothing to do with Brexit. Do you know what? Here's the disturbing thing. You know that old adage, give them bread and circuses and they'll never revolt. People are so easily uh, bought. And when I say bought, let me explain what I mean. In Northern Ireland right now, Everybody is getting 600 quid, right? 600 quid from the government to ease the pain of the fuel rises. Now, Northern Ireland or Ireland as a whole has the worst fuel prices, the worst rates of increase pretty much on planet Earth. Where I'm sitting right now, it is unbelievable. We're only a small country. We've only got a few million people. There's not a lot of money around. There's not huge industry here to support this, but it's there. So what do they do? They say, okay, guys, everyone's getting 600 quid, which sounds wonderful. And yesterday I got a voucher through the post from my electricity provider, but because I don't pay by direct debit, because I'm smart, okay, they had to post me out a voucher that I can take to the post office to redeem, either paid into my bank account or lift the cash over the counter. They'll give me 600 quid. Darren, there was a queue. There was a queue of people yesterday, and I mean a queue of people with their vouchers in their hands, waiting to line up to the till and get 600 quid. This guy was like an ATM machine in the post of 600 quid, 600 quid, 600 quid, 600 quid. And the queue was right at the door. And it's going to be like that until the end of March. And that's just one post office. And people were so happy, understandable. It's like, this is, this is amazing. We get 600 quid from the government. We can spend it on what we want. 
they're not going to spend it on electricity. They were talking about upgrading the TV or maybe taking a little weekend break in London. That's up to them. But the point that I'm making is they absolutely have royally shafted us for years and are going to continue to royally shaft us for years. But that 600 quid is a lot of money to a lot of people. It's no small change. I'm glad of it. But, mate, it's nothing compared to the thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds that they're going to bleed out of us over the next few years. But people just see that check coming at the start of the year after Christmas. They need it. I need it. So it's like, well, this cushions the blow. It doesn't cushion the blow. You're still getting hit with a hammer. Just because somebody wraps a little bit of cotton wool around the ball peen hammer doesn't mean it's not going to cause damage when it hits you. This is how easily people can be, how would you say, swayed away from the reality of what we're dealing with. And, and all that's doing is increasing the inflationary pressure because it's just printing money. I have a friend yeah. who gets his money. He's got smart meter for his electricity. He gets 150. He's been getting 150 quid every now and then. He goes, it's great. Just appears on my meter. It's, it's great. And I had to explain to him, you know, because he's, he's in the process of waking up. It's my, my friend, Rob, who I bring up a lot. Uh, that, oh, that money's just going straight to the energy companies. It's money laundering. You know, it's the same with the printing of money. It's not only just printing money and increasing the amount of supply of, of cash in the system, but it's also the conditioning of people to accept handouts uh, from the government. And you can't blame, like you said, you can't blame people. If someone comes along to me and says, Darren, uh, and, I, and I'm reasonably comfortable at the moment, reasonably, uh, if someone said, here's 600 quid, I'm not going to go, nah, mate, don't want it. Yeah, exactly. I want that six hundred quid, and people, some people, desperately, desperately need that six hundred pounds. Not for the TVs that oh, some are going to spend it uh-huh. on. Not for the fags and booze and partying uh-huh. that some are going to spend on. Some might need to feed their kids with that, or Correct. actually need to heat their homes with that because they've Correct. been broken after the last three years. Uh-huh. So when that six hundred pounds is dangled in front of them like a carrot. They, they are absolutely yep. grateful, not because they're thankful for the government, but because they can feed it and, and support their family yeah. and home. So, it, you know, and yeah. this is just going to continue throughout the year, especially if they're talking about putting bills up again, uh, 40%, like you mentioned, Mr. Hunt, uh, the most appropriately named MP of them all, huh. has suggested is going to happen in April. Yeah, it's just, uh, a, what is it, a sticky plaster over a shrapnel wound, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, I agree with you 100%. I'm glad that a lot of people that are really struggling at the minute financially are able to get some kind of a boost to their income at this point in time, but let them understand that it's printed money and it will simply drive up the inflation that's already sky high, which means they need that payment in the first place. It's just a vicious, vicious circle of tightening, tightening the vice financially that will ultimately result in the breaking of very, very many people. But it is what it is, and we'll see how it develops. But yeah, Brexit being blamed for inflation, I think they're going to run out of things to blame for inflation soon, and maybe they'll just keep recycling the same old stories again and again. Brexit being one of them. It's happened a long time ago, but yet it's never went the way, has it? We're still talking about it uh, all these years later. And the inflationary figures that they've quoted of, you know, the UK's, well, it's cooled down to 10.5%, US is, uh, is 6.5%, the EU's, Eurozone is 8.5%. Oh. These figures aren't true. 
it ain't true. I bought eggs the other day. They were up 85%, you know, 85% in a year. Milk has doubled, 100% increase in price. Uh, and you'll find this right across the board. The basket of goods that they're using for these figures has uh, been selected just so they can keep that number as low as possible. I expect inflation is three times as high as what they are Easy. quoting, especially if it's coming out of Bloomberg. Easy. In fact, to be honest, the figures you're quoting and that I quote on here, you could argue that to us it's five times, it's 500% higher than the 10 to 20% that they claim it is right now, yeah. certainly on everyday goods like eggs, yeah. sugar, uh, rice, pasta, etc. But yeah, we'll see what happens uh, and let's hope our doom predictions don't come true in 2023 because it's still going to keep going up, even though Rishi said he's going to cut it in half this year, I think not but anyway darren muchos gracias for that uh, discussion as always it's a pleasure and hopefully we'll get talking again tomorrow yes big salute to darren i'll be back after this uh, short break with karen please don't go away you should hear what greg maybury is talking about what are some of the issues that you're working on at the moment that relate to what's been unfolding for us in the last three years particularly to do with the freedom protests our work initially was to do with the mandates where people lost their jobs and you know nobody thought oh you know that pearl clutching think of the children because disturbingly there's a lot of children at the moment living in cars because their parents lost their jobs because we apparently needed to be vaccinated to be allowed to go to work. And disturbingly, I've seen some of those people down at our local beach where, you know, the car's full of all of their belongings and they've been totally um, destroyed by our government. That's just not just tragic, that's criminally tragic. I, I, that really upsets me to hear those kinds of stories. And uh, it makes me angry. The No Fly Zone with Greg Maybury. On today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Google and Facebook, they don't sell you anything. They sell you. Facebook constantly manipulates their users. They do it by the things that they insert into the news feeds. And they do it by the types of hosts they allow their users to see. It's what Google and Facebook are doing on a regular basis by suppressing stories, by steering us towards other stories rather than the stories we're actually seeking. That's the real manipulation that's going on. I was a design ethicist at Google where I studied how do you ethically steer people's thoughts. It will always favor one online music service over another and one candidate over another. Google and Facebook has the power to undermine democracy without us knowing that democracy has been undermined. There's what I call the creepy line and the, the Google policy about a lot of these things is to get right up to the creepy line but not cross it. Google crosses the creepy line every day. Discover how society is manipulated by Google and Facebook. The creepy line at SalemNow.com. To follow us on Twitter, just follow these easy steps. Click the link on our site. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me, guys. Or search on Twitter. TNT Radio Live. TNT Radio. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm really happy. I've actually been looking forward to this all morning to talk to my old chum, Karen Hunt from over, well, she flits between Arizona and uh, L.A. Yes, L.A., Los Angeles, Los Angeles, the city of angels. She's a little bit of an angel in my eyes. Uh, Karen, how are you doing today or this morning, should I say, your time? 
I'm doing fabulous. It's 1 a.m. And that's great because I think before it used to be, what, what was it, 2 a.m. Or, or 3 a.m.? So 1 a.m. Yeah. Is, is fabulous. I'm doing great. <laughs> Do you know what? You've got off lightly. You fell into a category, a special category. I categorize all my guests, uh, my perception of how intense and hardcore they are about what they do. And you and another lady, actually, uh, she's an Australian, but she's living in Arizona. Her name is Jody Newell. And I'll be talking to her on Friday morning, actually. Get up in the middle of the night, usually 2 a.m., to come on to TNT Radio and speak with me. I mean, that goes, in my opinion, above and beyond. So you've got off quite lightly this morning, actually. It's only 1 a.m. I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm going to have to regrade you down one category in terms uh, of hardcore <laughs> guestedness. I hope you don't mind, Karen. I'll have to do a few push-ups after this to make up for it, okay? <laughs> 500 at least before oh, you oh, go back to bed again. <laughs> at least. And I know you could do it, by the way, because if anybody's not familiar with Karen, in her own words, she's a traveler, a kickboxer, a writer, a renegade, a free speech protector, protector of children, and her resolve has not been, um, how would you say, impacted in any way by what's been going on over the last few years. She is a real warrior, by the way. You can connect with her on her Substack, which I encourage you to do. She's a super prolific writer. Uh, K-H-Mezek, K-H-M-E-Z-E-K dot substack dot com or on Twitter at Break Free Karen. It's been, I think, about three months maybe since the last time you and I spoke. My shift had changed. Uh, you were doing, um, uh, thankfully, getting a lot of exposure with other uh, people on TNT. So I didn't want to wring the sponge out too much. But I did miss you, by the way, because I like our little chats. We always talk about what's happening in the world right now. Our thoughts align on a lot of issues. And since we last spoke, Karen, there's been a lot of uh, things have been happening. Uh, dare I say it, not for the best, a real uh, evolution of uh, AI, uh, people's perceptions about how this will impact the future, even what's been happening over the last few weeks and months with the rise of what looks like uh, satanic idolatry and Satan worship on live TV now that's been accepted and embraced, uh, men competing in women's sports, the normalization of children being brought to drag shows by their parents and encouraged to embrace this woke ideology. This has been going on, right? but it seems to have intensified even since we last spoke, which was only three months ago. Is this a bad sign for the trajectory and the velocity of which we're traveling as a society right now? What's your take on it? Uh, I That's a very uncontroversial question and very easy to answer. It's bad. It's really bad, I think, because, uh, I mean, I, you realize that in the entertainment industry, people are always going to try and shock. They're going to try and come up with, you know, the latest thing, uh, any way that they can to get more attention. But it kind of, you know, it goes beyond that uh, to the point where you almost feel like it's a distraction. Um, society is sort of just uh, um, devolving and sort of just kind of just fragmenting and, and falling apart in a sense. Anything that we have that holds us together as, as something good is being sort of uh, manipulated and destroyed. And it's kind of almost as if um, they, they want, it's almost as if people have become so weary 
I feel like there's a lot of weariness around with such a bomb, bomb, constant bombardment of so much negativity and so much really, you could say, evil that people cannot, uh, cannot even respond to it anymore in a sense. They kind of just have to have to just let it um, happen. Oh. You know, so, Lost so people your sign have, there, Karen? I'm sorry? That back. Sorry, I'd lost I'd lost your sound there for a minute. I'm not sure if it oh. was at my end or your end. If you could just give us that last twenty seconds again, just I missed your last point there. Yeah, I, that people are 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 so over inundated with this with this constant constant um, flow of negativity that oh. they cannot respond to it any longer. They just kind of have to let it in a sense, let it happen. So there are people like us who are trying, you know, it's like we've been trying to wake people up, wake people up for, for quite a while. And for a long time, it seemed that people were responding. But I do get a feeling now that people are just kind of, I, they, they don't really know what to do any longer. Like this latest thing with the, with the um, Grammys, with, you know, with uh-huh. this with this guy with his um you know going out there as satan and everything that you could possibly think that goes against what we would consider normal or decent or what have you was being presented to millions upon millions of people around the world and you know that's kind of accepted as okay and it's rationalized i was reading some articles about it where it's you know it's even people who think, well, that's, that's going over the top a little bit, they will still rationalize it. So these things are being rationalized. So to, to, in order for it to be accepted as just the norm. So it's like, how far can we go to, to create a, a, something that people will accept as being normal? It's, it's quite frightening, really. This whole business, uh, you know, normalization of that which is obscene and, uh, debased and also um, desensitization to the same thing through repeated exposure through many outlets. I think we're surely seeing that coming to pass right now. Uh, A lot of people uh, when they get into something bad or something that's wrong or detrimental to them, they need progressively harder fixes of that to get the same kind of uh, rush from it or they become desensitized to it over time. And I think we are being desensitized or we have been desensitized for decades now, but it's really, really stepping up a gear in the last few years. The, the, the reference that you made there, you know, what will it take now for people to be shocked? That Grammy performance that you referenced, mm-hmm. I think the guy's name was Sam Smith. He's a very messed up individual entirely. Uh, If you've seen that, uh, some people could say, well, you know, heavy metal bands have done that for years and that's true. But this is mainstream pop music that a lot of small children will be exposed to and a lot of younger, impressionable people will be exposed to. And that guy made a video recently. I haven't seen it, thankfully. I've heard about it, but he's, he's, being urinated on by other men. There's men urinating on him in his latest music video, Karen, and this is passing off as pop culture. This is what teenagers are being, or younger than teenagers, are being exposed to because they can access Spotify, they can access YouTube, they can access the internet. This is what's going into a formative mind from what, 8, 9, 10, 11 years of age? 
I didn't even know that kind of behavior existed when I was uh, 12, 13 years of age. And believe me, I was a I was a troubled soul back in the day too. But the perversity and the filth and the, the depravity that children are being exposed to, and not just that, but it's almost being championed. It's almost like a, something to aspire to right now mm. is thoroughly disturbing. And I think mm-hmm. we're seeing it accelerating in these uh, in these last times, Car. Yeah, last times. And I, and it's kind of interesting. Um, I've been writing a little bit about, about all of that kind of stuff. I just wrote a piece called What is Art? Um, with the, with the, now mm-hmm. with a, AI, um, Dolly and, and these other, uh, 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 chat GPT. I've been writing some things about all of that. And it, it's almost as if it, this is, you could feel the death of humanity it, it, to, to talk about. It's kind of like, um, you know, art kind of represents or reflects life. So Culture. this, yeah. this, this um, person that you, you know, he, that cannot even be defined in any way, the Sam Smith that we would traditionally think of a human being as, as being is being, you know, urinated on by other huh. And it's sort of like, this is an image of humanity. I mean, is this what we really think of ourselves? Or is this, you know, could even go a little bit further to say, you know, now with AI, is this the thoughts that are being imposed into our brains to think about ourselves as humanity? Because if, if, um, if this transhumanism is allowed to continue, humans will really belong on a lower level. You know, we will become on a lower level. So, so if you think about it on a deeper level of what is, this is actually being transmitted is for humans to start thinking of themselves in that way, that, uh, that a mere human being is a lesser being and deserves essentially to be, you know, urinated on as mm-hmm. opposed to a higher order of being who transcends humanity who becomes maybe part ai or you know or you know can change you have to somehow modify yourself because humanity to be a human is no longer good enough you know that i think that's essentially what art this type of art as you could say it's quite horrific but that's essentially what it's doing um, and the and the perverse thoughts that it's putting into young people's minds, because of course it's young people who are mainly influenced by this. Older people will look at it and say that's horrifying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's 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 the point. And in fact, in the chat, uh, Anton Deval is, I think, uh, listening in from South Africa. He said, "Rick, this was foretold two thousand years ago, and it is presently mm-hmm. coming to pass." That's what I personally believe myself. Some people have different views on end times. Is it real? Is it not? Is the Bible real? And this, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm talking about what I think, and I'm absolutely one hundred percent convinced that what we're seeing now is a crystallization of biblical prophecy that's coming together in these last of the last days. It's just horrific what's happening. It's a complete debasement of all things that is good and an inversion of all that is pure and right. Evil is called good and good is called evil and that which is pure is called filthy and that which is filthy is called pure. It's just playing out uh, before our very eyes. And I want to, we're going to take a real quick pause now for a news break, but when we come back, I want to look at some of these pieces that you've been writing specifically to do with these, the rise of the meteoric rise of these 
chatbox or chatbot uh, GPT type things. AI that's involved in that and even the creation of art as you've referenced as well I want to look at that and can we see it uh, exponentially develop over the next year to two years starting to do people out of jobs which is what they're predicting that it will do what direction will that go in we'll do that when we come back after this short break here on TNT Radio TNT Radio News Bring the news Taking a look at your TNT Radio News headlines I'm Darren Metzer Countries from around the world have mobilized rapidly to send aid and rescue workers to Turkey and Syria after a 7.8 magnitude earthquake devastated the region. For the first time in three years, all cross-border travel between China mainland, Hong Kong and Macau were fully reopened this week without COVID-19 restrictions. And a new poll has found that a record percentage of Americans say they are doing worse financially under President Joe Biden's leadership. Do you have an upcoming community event, rally, march, festival, or fundraiser that could do with some free publicity? TNT Radio wants to promote it for you. Simply visit the What's On Events calendar on the TNT Radio website and submit your event details, and we'll get the word out, helping you make a difference on TNT Radio. Just interestingly, Karen, before we just move on to the AI chatbot thing uh, that you've been writing about, and also uh, you and I have talked uh, extensively on here on TNT, Unlocked and Loaded, over the last nine months about transhumanism, about AI, about Musk's position and all this and the, the, the Neuralink and, and so on and so forth. We're starting to see it now, I believe, really crystallizing. It's moving past the concept phase and into the application phase. There's no two ways about that. Labeling as well. Let's just uh, throw this one out there. People are labeled derogative terms when they don't toe the line or they speak out against for example, the things that we've been talking about, the debasement of society, we would say where you're intolerant, Karen, you have to respect other people's pronouns. That guy Smith, for example, uh, there was a talk TV show on the UK last week. One of the presenters referred to Smith as he. He said, he is doing this or he. And one of the female presenters pulled him out and said, excuse me, his pronouns are they, them. Okay. And this guy, <laughs> this beta male, this weak insipid male, his name's Richard Maidley, he said, well, I'm sorry about that. I apologize. It's they, them. Uh, you know, it, where's the, why not just be a man and say, you know what, to hell with you and your pronouns. If he wants to label himself as chalk cheese, chalk dip, Big Mac and fries, they, them, he, he, she, they, if, at, what, when, maybe. That's up to you, but I will not accept that and I will not uh, partake in that mental illness why are men not taking a stand these days? Is it because they've been so watered down and feminized over the last few years that literally, you know, to take the men out of the equation is part of the problem here, or is part mm -hmm. of the, the, the strategy here to bring down society? And we all have a role to play. I'm not saying, oh, beating my chest here, saying I'm a man. and it No, we all have our roles to play. They're destroying women's identity. They're destroying men's identity. They're perverting children. It applies to every both not every gender both genders there are only two and every age what do you think about that it's, it's, every it's, gender it's, sorry about that <laughs> shame on me and when you said um his pronouns are they and them or it's it should be yeah their their pronouns are yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's too much i mean it's too, i mean how can you not make a mistake i mean you that's the thing it's you can't you can't even look at somebody and and 
you know, you have to be unsure. It takes a foundation out, out of everything that you know instinctively. And this is one thing that I talk about too is, you know, is our common sense. And it started with COVID where we were told constantly that there, that the experts know, the experts know, just trust the experts. You don't know, you're not an expert. And I would see that, you know, people would parrot that on social media if somebody dared to try to use their own brain and say something contradictory, people would say, but you're not an expert. You don't have, you know, you're not a doctor, you're not this. And so it silenced people. And so it began with that so that people really don't think that they have the right to even even if you when you know something instinctually to be true and so we're losing our our own you know we're losing our instincts we're losing our common sense so i always try to tell people go back to your common sense uh, you know be proud that you're thank god you're not an expert huh. because that seems to be destroying people's minds this all this uh-huh. academia i always say there's there's nobody more dangerous than a than an arrogant academic you know, because um, they are the ones that live in a high in a tower, and they 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 don't relate to the real life of real people, and so they impose upon people their idealistic uh, views, and this is what's happening. And people don't feel anymore that they have the right, as a mere human being, to contradict these experts. You know, so so I think, and and it's very important what you say that it's happening to men because now the focus is really on women that they are disappearing women, and this is true. But we have to look also at what what's happening to men. The same thing is happening to men. It's happening to everyone. They want everyone, you know, what they say is they want everyone to feel free to have their own identity, but it's really a prison. They're putting people into a prison of, of, of nothingness so that you, so that you don't have the freedom actually to be, you know, there's a lot of freedom in knowing what's true and what's right and what's good because they're actually those boundaries help to keep you um, sane in a sense. Mm -hmm. So I feel like everybody's kind of going a little bit, going insane, really. I think if you're if you're of a certain age as well, you can really see this degeneration more than maybe uh, younger people these days. Let me give you an example. Uh, you know, I, I worked for ten years before I came to TNT in a in a large office, and it was nearly all all girls and women. All right, there was only like two guys, and it was mostly girls and women. So you you got to hear them talking a lot about you know what they were doing at the weekend and all this sort of business, and you know they would say to me because I was a little bit older they say do you dye your hair right because <laughs> I, I'm still pretty dark up top but I'm I'm like fifty so I don't really have grey hairs and I shave it at the back and side so you can't see them and I said no I don't dye my hair why do you ask you just say you must because you're not grey and I said well even if I was going grey. I wouldn't dye my hair. I don't mind having a few gray hairs. And they say, well, my boyfriend, he dyes his hair. He's 25 and he dyes his hair. And then they, they ask you, do you moisturize? And I'm like, moisturize what? It's like, do you buy moisturizer? Do you put it on your face? I'm like, hell no, I don't moisturize. What? You don't moisturize? And then they even asked me, did I, did I, you know, they were just curious, you know, because I was a little yeah. bit, old. do you get, do you, do you have, do you get your fingernails done? Do you get someone? I'm like, no, I don't manicure. I don't pedicure. I don't moisturize and I don't dye my hair. And they're like, well, you know, our, my fiance does and this, that and the other. And listen, maybe it's just a generational thing, but. 
the guys I used to hang around with back in the day, if I told them that I moisturized, I got manicure, I would have been beaten. I would have been beaten <laughs> by the guys. Do you know what I mean? Or if I yeah. came home to my, my then girlfriend slash fiance, who's now my wife of almost 23 years, God love her. Uh, if I had said there, uh, I'm not going to say her name, but I said, look, I've just been to the beautician and I've had a moisturizing and I've had my hair done and my roots topped up and I've had a nice manicure. She would have got rid of me. She would have got yeah, rid of me. Her, is she yeah. just old fashioned? Is she an old, uh, is, no, she, is she biased or, or what? Wait a minute. I'm, she would say, I'm the only one who can spend money on that stuff. We're not going to yeah. have two people in this household spending all that money. It's got to be me. <laughs> yeah. And I would be, yes, that's, I'm happy. Yeah, sure, I'm good that's with fine. that if that's what you want to do. But don't expect me to do it. But there's been a whole shift because it's been introduced into popular culture through teenage magazines, through Vogue magazines, for men magazines, men's health and fitness, shaving their chest, shaving their legs, doing all this, beautifying themselves. And listen, if that's your thing out there, if you want to beautify yourself and whatnot, fill your boots, but don't say it's the norm. Don't put it forward as some kind of norm that men have to live up to or that women going out getting absolutely wasted, drunk and making complete asses of themselves and then saying, but the men can do it. Yeah, the men are idiots. The men are just acting <laughs> like Neanderthals. Why the hell would you as a female want to emulate a Neanderthal man? It just doesn't make any sense to me at all, Karen. So don't play yeah, the old that. Uh, we good- want to be equal card. Yeah, there's a good example. Um, you know, when women got you know, women's rights, which of course, which of course they should have, uh, and then they had the right to smoke. So why would women be as stupid, exactly as you're saying, as men to pick up all the stupidest traits? You know, why would you? Oh, I have just as much right to get heart disease and kill myself by smoking. So I'm going to smoke more cigarettes than you or something like, you know, it, it, none of the, none of these things make any sense. And, and to try and prove that you're somehow the same as someone else or better than somebody else in the, these types of ways is just, uh, you know, it's, it's absurd. I mean, okay, I fight, you know, I, I, I do these things. Maybe most women don't do, <laughs> you know, but, um, but I also, you know, I, it, I mean, there, there's, there's a balance. It's like, I'm not, I always say I'm not trying to be the same as a man. I would like to be equal, but I'm different. You know, we're different. Mm-hmm. Men should not be fighting in women's sports. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're different mm-hmm. things like that. So, but we should still also have the freedom to explore, you know, what, whatever, you know, also, you know, there, there's a balance. Basically there's balance. And we're definitely not seeing that balance now. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, interestingly, by the way, I'm going to address this. Uh, Jock in the chat, thank you very much for listening in. By the way, Jock, he's asking me a few questions here, and I'm going to answer them in relation to self-grooming or grooming myself. Uh, he says, I use a bit of almond oil on my face in the summer if I get some sun. Yeah, that's fine. If you need to rehydrate your skin or keep your skin supple after it's been exposed to sun, then you know, do whatever you have to do. Nothing wrong with moisturizing your skin. No. Again, some people might have dry skin, or some people might like a little bit of fat. Uh, hydration in their skin that's entirely up to you do i ever use lip balm i can say i've never (laughs) used lip balm in my life however if you have cracked (laughs) lips or you have chapped lips and you want to slap a little balm on there then by all means i'm looking at it more so from the vanity point of view rather than an actual functioning uh, application of oil onto your face or a moisturizer onto your face for me personally I just think there's been a real push towards vanity and this false image of what it means to be a beautiful and attractive human being over the last few decades. And I'll be honest with you, Karen, 
the 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 people that are being put forward these days as beautiful i find personally to be not very attractive at all it's so fake and so plastic and it's it's to me it's horrible but to someone else it might be a beautiful thing and it's a little bit like this cosmetic thing we're talking about for me personally maybe it's genetic in me maybe it's the old hardy Irishman in me but you won't catch me in a beauty parlor and you won't catch me moisturizing to keep the wrinkles away I kind of like my furrowed brow I kind of like the scars I have all over the place I kind of like my patchy little peppery white beard thing going on I'm just me and I save a fortune and I have no time two minutes in the morning for me to get cleaned up and ready to go no messing around I like to to start a new show Rick about men's maybe you could start you know uh, promoting just one man's product the the one thing for the manly man the only thing I'll promote is uh, nail clippers that's it All right, because uh, once in a while I'll clip those suckers down because the alternative is an angle grinder or I have to bite them down so the only thing I would say as a man to invest in is a good set of stainless steel hardcore heavy duty nail clippers but apart from that Karen and a can of deodorant maybe that's about it oh maybe that and maybe a little maybe a shower every once in a while I mean you know once a month maybe once a birthdays and Christmas possibly but yeah a bit of personal hygiene and here's another thing how do we get on these topics I don't know my hair right you can see it nobody else can see it I haven't been to um, a hair a barber or a hairdresser for 16 months now I have a little set of clippers i run them over my head every four weeks uh, i haven't shaved with a razor for about 20 odd years i i don't <laughs> use shampoo maybe once a month I, I wash my hair through with warm water every day i try and keep the, the the chemicals and stuff down to a minimum and you know what it's not really doing me any harm i haven't really been suffering as a result of it i've saved a lot of money i've saved a yeah. lot of time i've saved a lot of effort and my wife hasn't divorced me yet, so I can't stink that badly. So there's hope for all us, uh, how would you say, non-cosmetic type guys out there. What do you think? Is, is there hope for us? You know, I don't know. Somehow we just, we're really on the same page. I don't know. Is there anything we disagree with? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think. We've yet to find it. I'm sure there's something, Karen, but there's we've something. yet to find it. And, you know, if we do find something to disagree on, I don't think that we're going to fall out about it because, you know, I respect everybody's opinion and I hope people respect mine. And, of course, I'm going to say things that people don't like. You're going to say things that people don't like, but it's not really meant in malice. We're just speaking our minds here and people can literally take it or leave it. We've actually got to take a little break now. And I promise when we come back from this one, we will talk about those uh, chatbot slash uh, artificial intelligence programs that we were supposed to talk about 15 minutes ago. But we're going to do it when we come back, I promise, here on TNT Radio. Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, we had the super shot of cold air go through New England. We had a wind chill factor of 114 below zero at a place called Mount Washington in New England. Now, for those of you who don't know where Mount Washington is, it's in New Hampshire. And New Hampshire's motto is live free or die, one of the few states in New England and that part of the country that actually has some conservative values left. But wouldn't you know it, the super shot of Arctic air, a.k.a. polar vortex, is being blamed on global warming. What else would you expect? No matter what, it could snow cheese in New York City, Sydney, Beijing, New Delhi, you name the city. It could do that tomorrow, and it would be because of global warming. Well, guess what? 
Global warming is also likely to cause a very late spring in the United States and Europe this year, even though for the next week or two, it's actually warming up a bit. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Challenging the consensus and debunking the narrative. This is Viewpoint. Several Soros-backed DAs are facing recall petitions, including George Gascon DA of crime-riddled Los Angeles and Parisa Dagani Tafty from Arlington County and City Falls of Church, Virginia. Steve DeSano of Fairfax County, Virginia, elected in 2019, endorsed a progressive platform typical of the left-wing DA faction, making official policy not to prosecute more than 20 different crimes, including shoplifting for goods under $1,000, prostitution and indecent exposure. Loudoun County District Attorney Buta Bibaraj, who championed anti-incarceration, made headlines for personally seeking jail time for Scott Smith, a father who was arrested for misdemeanor disorderly conduct at Loudoun County School Board meeting, while protesting the school board's cover-up of his 14-year-old daughter's rape in a school bathroom. Bibaraj is now facing a recall petition. And now, on today's program, Rick Mon is locked and loaded on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Karen Murray and I were just having a laugh there. It's brilliant. We have a live chat function on our website, tntradio.live. And in the morning times, it's very, very lively indeed. And sometimes you'll talk about something and it'll spur an outpouring of opinion, which is great. <laughs> uh, so Jock, Jock, God bless you, who was listening into our conversation and asking me about my grooming habits. He makes a good point as well. He says, uh, I do uh, use lip balm in the winter when you're, yeah, that's fine. If your lips get cracked, okay. you use lip balm. Then he says the best way to moisturize is to sweat. And then he rubs his sweat all over his body. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, if it works for you, my oh. friend, you get on with it. And then he asked, do I use a beard trimmer? Yes, I do. I have an old one that I bought about 15 years ago. I use a, a, a head clipper for my head and a little beard tripper. Once a, once a week, I trim my beard to four millimeters and then it grows back and then I trim it. Yes. And then he asked, do I use soap and water? Uh, on my hair and face, not on my hair, no, on my face, yes. Uh, it's vanity if I do. Trust me, Jock, trust me on this one, mate. If I don't use soap on my face, I'm out walking a lot in a polluted atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I needed to get the gr- the grumbles and the filth and dirt out of the crevices in my face that are there because I don't moisturize, okay? So <laughs> yeah. my forehead in particular, it's like a, a, a breeding ground for bacteria, you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I just I just wrote a piece about, you know, fungi is going to mutate and take over the world now. Did you know that? Watch out for the fungus. Well, it's going to start right here <laughs> above my right eyes there. and under my eyes. Oh, Look, it's like a plowed Look, it's like a plowed field. Can you see that? Look, too it's much like information. It's plowed the field, <laughs> my forehead. It needs moisturizing. So, so I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're all the way over there in Ireland and I'm all the way over here in California. <laughs> Oh my goodness, no, Karen! Right, let's talk. We need to start a new show about this. I mean, I really think we this do. is an important there's, topic. There's a lot of mileage to be had in this one. Tell it like it is with Rickman. How to groom exactly. yourself without grooming yourself? And I'm talking obviously in the personal hygiene department here. And we're Ooh, not talking right, about grooming what they're doing no, to children, right? We're not talking about that. We, we don't have. We well, we could, but we don't have time to do. Maybe exactly. next time, actually, we'll look at that. But that's part. 
part of this whole societal breakdown yeah, business. So we did say uh, we would talk about um, the chatbot thing. It seems to have accelerated. Maybe it's me. I know it's been in development. I know they've been working on it, but it's like it's exploded now onto the scene uh, recently. <laughs> I noticed a program last year that was being heavily touted on the internet, ads popping up called Grammarly. You might have seen this being a prolific writer. So it's a free tool. You type out your essay, you highlight a box, and and you select the tone. It's like, I want this to be firm, or I want this to be direct to the point, or I want this to be formal or business-like, and it will amend your grammar, which in a way is not a bad thing, because some people out there aren't great writers. Sometimes my sentences suck a little bit. It might be nice to press a button and have them more professional sounding. But what happened to applying yourself maybe to try and improve your own grammar. You know, you experiment on it, you you, you research it yourself. Now Grammarly has almost manif- or mutated into what we're seeing now with these chatbot uh, GPT programs where you pick a topic and granted it's not perfect, okay? I know it's not perfect and I know it's being regulated at the minute, but it's spurting out these reams of uh, uh, volumes and volumes of work just in the blink of an eye. Is this not a uh, disturbing development yeah. or it's producing it, art, as you have referred to as well? Is this not something that's – it's not a good thing, Karen. I don't think no, it's a it's, good No, it's thing. not a good thing because, I mean, the smarter that AI becomes, the dumber we're uh-huh. – I think – I mean, it's even funny how they call it smartphone, smart car, smart uh-huh. house. I mean, hello, people need to get get with it. I mean, don't people understand what's happening um, these these companies like Microsoft is with the it has bought the Chat GPT and now it's you know it, it's progressing. These things are progressing at a very high rate, and of course, so Google is now coming out with something called Bard, you know, and and they are in a battle. These, these companies they're all in a in a battle with one another. They do not care about anything except winning. You know, so they don't care about the long-term consequences. They don't care about what's going to happen to their children or their grandchildren or their. They just want to win, and they want to be the the company or the people that are going to be on top of this heap. You know, and so that that's basically what they're doing, and they're in a race to see who can you know get uh, monopolize the market basically. But what mm-hmm. I find interesting, you know, as a writer, you know, I'm not very good with. My, my grammar, like I didn't do well in grammar in school. I'm not interested in things like that. But how I became good at it was um, by reading and by writing. That's how I became good. That's how, and I'm also an artist, first and foremost, an artist. So how I became an artist was by doing it. You do it. That's how you improve yourself. That, and that's what AI is doing. Um, I did this, I wrote a really interesting piece, you know, what is art where, um, how they deconstruct, they, they deconstruct a piece of art or whatever, and then they rebuild it again. They take away all the meaning. And this is what AI does. And then they rebuild it into something, something else. And it creates a lot of times very disturbing images, actually. But, um, but, but what AI, what, what they're doing is, that's actually what they're doing to us. They are taking information, everything out of us, and then they are reconstructing that in, in themselves. So, so, so we are, it's sort of like we are being, you know, these vampires are sucking all the knowledge and information out of us. And we're going, Oh, great. Isn't that cool? Now I don't have to think this anymore. This machine over here is going to think it, think it for me. Um, but I can make a, I can, you know, I, I create art 
And um, in that piece, I have a picture. I did a Medusa. This was years ago. It's a, it's a sort of, I was, I was impressed by, I was fascinated by Japanese masks and by snakes. <laughs> and so it's quite, but it's quite a beautiful piece. And every single, it's very detailed because I do very detailed art. And it took me many, 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 many hours to do it. And, and, um, but an AI could create something instantaneously but there but the ai has no emotion you could um it 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 so it, it's sort of a description of as if they say as if it was someone was in a gray room and you huh. told them what a beautiful landscape was and you gave them all the materials to do it and they could come up with something but they would never know or experience or uh-huh. feel that beautiful landscape you know like today i was hiking in the mountains so beautiful uh-huh. and ai will never do that they can so so we are giving over ourselves basically to the to ai and they are learning from us and this is a very frightening thing and then they are turning yeah. around and chiding us for if we if we say something wrong or say something that isn't uh, um you know uh woke basically you know we are being chided now by the by these machines if we if we don't say things correctly here's the thing right just following on from what you've just said there's no substitute for the real thing. None whatsoever, period. Okay. So uh, again, to give you an example, this morning I saw a, an artificial intelligence simulation where they had took all these Van Gogh paintings, uh, a cafeteria in Paris, and then it panned with AI out into the outside world. And they had, a, I think it's Van Gogh, a starry night painting that you could see in the sky. And then you could pan back in and it said, this is an AI simulation of Van Gogh's most beautiful works. And fair enough, you know, there some people like that sort of thing. The other night, and if he's listening, Johnny, my friend, was out stargazing. All right. He went out yeah. into an old car park and tried to get away from light pollution. He had his binoculars around his night, uh, his neck. I was calling around to see him. He said, I'm in the car park in such and such a place. So I pulled into this empty car park and there he was tucked away in the corner uh, with his binoculars on pointing out the stars, the constellations around, Beetlejuice and all this sort of business and the planets. It was wonderful. And there's no substitute for that. Being out in the fresh air, looking up into the night sky, absolutely beautiful. But listen, they can simulate that. Art, you talked about it too. Art simulators have another good friend uh, who's going through a really hard time at the minute. And he's as hard as they come. (laughs) This guy's a a stone cold killer uh, in the nicest possible way. At least he was back in the day. He's different now, but he's struggling with a lot of stress. Do you know what he's doing right now? He's bought a big book a coloring in book, a de-stressing mm. coloring and a massive set of pencils, maybe 60 colors. And he's sitting coloring in and it completely, he loses himself in physically taking a pen and pencil in his hand and coloring in in minute detail, these beautiful pictures. And he gave me one the other day to give to my daughter, which was beautiful. And he gave me one to give to his mother. And I dropped it around to see her yesterday. She's an elderly woman and she was so touched to get this. This is something that he produced with his own hands, using physical materials. Karen, I think they want to move us away from the physical. I think they want to move us into this alternate universe or this digitalization of the best things in life, which are outside our doors. You've said it, a walk in the hills. You can't substitute it. You can put on your VR headset if you like. You can put on a set of headphones to mimic the sound of birds singing, but it's never going to come close. 
to physically getting out there into God's creation. Holy heavens. I could talk to you all night, but we're coming to an end. We're coming to an end, Karen. Why does this have to end? Why does this have to end? Why? 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 I don't Tell know. Why? That. See, why? Life is a mystery. Life should be a mystery. They, they're trying to take away all the mystery. You know, looking up at the stars is like, I mean, it's, it's mysterious. All right. It's incredible. Let me quote, let me quote the Bible. Psalm 8, verse 3 and 4, two of my favorite verses. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? There you amen. go. Can I get an amen from you before we get cut off for the news? Amen. <sighs> That's a good way to end the show. Karen, yes. you're a blessing, an absolute blessing. Check her out at Break Free Karen on Twitter khmezek.substack.com I'm Rick Munn I'm out of here I'll be back again tomorrow you all have a wonderful day or evening take care